0: On October 12, 2012, reigning Miss Ohio Audrey Bolte was expecting to go on her first date with a man she met on Facebook named Ryan Poston. When he didn't show up, she went home thinking that he just blew her off. What she didn't know at the time, though, is that Ryan was dead, having been shot six times by his on-again, off-again girlfriend of 18 months, Shana Hubers. Shayna would go on to confess and claim that she shot Ryan in self-defense and that she had to protect herself from him. However, the evidence and Shayna's erratic behavior would tell a different story. I'm Ashton and welcome to The Haunted Corner. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to The Haunted Corner. Today's episode is about the murder of Ryan Poston by his ex-girlfriend, Sheena Hubers. And this one has always fascinated me. Um, her behavior, the evidence surrounding it, the tapes of her quote-unquote interrogation. It's a lot. So let's get into it. Ryan Poston was born on December 30th, 1982, in Fort Mitchell, Kentucky. His parents separated when he was younger. However, he lived a balanced life between both houses, and everything was amicable. He had three half-sisters as well. The family traveled a lot, and this afforded him many opportunities. He had quite the education. He attended Blessed Sacrament School he also attended the International School of Manila in the Philippines and the International School of Geneva in Switzerland during high school. He would eventually go on to attend Indiana University, where he triple majored in history, geography, and political science. He then went on to receive his juris Doctorate at Northern Kentucky University and began working at a law firm in Ohio. He had opened his own law firm just before his death, and he, it was said that he used this position as an attorney to help those with limited resources, which I thought was really cool. He had a lot going for him, and he was really close with his family and friends. The people that knew him described him as ambitious, intelligent, and kind. And one of his friends, Matt Heron, said that he was, quote, the type of person you want in your life, end quote. Shana Hubris was born on April 8, 1991, in Lexington, Kentucky. She spent the first 19 years of her life focused on school, and she was very, very smart. Her friends would describe her as near genius and stated that she always took AP classes and got really good grades. She graduated cum laude at University of Kentucky in only three years, and she went on to pursue a master's degree. Her life was turned upside down, though, in 2011 when she met Ryan Poston on Facebook. According to E! Online, the relationship between Ryan and Shayna began with an innocent Facebook friend request. Ryan had just broken up with a long-term girlfriend named Lauren Worley, and his cousin, Carissa Carlisle, knew Shayna because they lived in the same building, and so she connected the two via Facebook. So one day he was looking around, and he saw a picture of Shayna, and she had had a bikini on and she is just gorgeous. She's got brunette hair. And so he decided to send her a a friend request. She quickly accepted the friend request and messaged him asking, quote, how do I know you? You're gorgeous, by the way, end quote. He responded, quote, you're not too bad yourself, haha." end quote. And from there, the tumultuous relationship was off and running. The Facebook messages quickly turned into in-person meetings And they began dating. However, the people who were around them quickly sensed that something was off from the beginning. Carissa, Ryan's cousin, said that the relationship was never meant to be anything serious. Ryan didn't take the relationship serious at first because they lived so far apart, which was over 80 miles apart. However, Shayna was all in, and she was thinking of Ryan as marriage material, and she didn't want to let him get away. Now, Ryan initially really enjoyed dating Shayna. However, that spark that they had faded kind of quickly, and he was trying to let her down easy and get out of the relationship. But he wasn't succeeding with it. He was not able to let her down in the way that he wanted to. One of his friends, Tom Awadala, said, quote, he just wasn't able to. He was too nice, didn't want to hurt her feelings, end quote. The relationship was really rocky from the beginning, and the couple was continuously going through patterns of breaking up and getting back together. Over time, things got really, really toxic, and Shana became obsessive. One of Ryan's friends told 48 Hours, quote, she was just obsessed with him. I think she had a goal in the beginning to make him settle down with her, end quote. Ryan tried many, many times to break it off with her by suggesting that they see other people and take time apart. However, she would always find a way to manipulate Ryan into letting her back into his life. The relationship just continued to get more and more toxic over the 18 months that they were together. Ryan was trying to ease his way out of the relationship, but Shana was not having it. She was not going to allow that. She would text him constantly. There were thousands, thousands of text messages sent, most of them from Shana. She would text Ryan between 70 and 100 times per day. She was losing it. When he wouldn't respond to her, she would just show up as, at his house or his job and announce, and she wouldn't leave. She was really, really trying to keep Ryan's attention. They broke up many times throughout their relationship, and things just got worse and worse. Ryan's cousin Carissa even said that Shana had tried to break into her phone to get into contact with Ryan when he wouldn't respond to her. She would log into Ryan's Facebook account and block other girls. It just didn't seem like she really had anyone in her corner to be like, girl, no, what are you doing? Like, let's get out of here. Let's not do this. (laughs) What's going on? Um, Ryan had guns in the house, quite a few. In the crime scene photos, you can even see bullets standing upright on one of the tables. So they were all over the house. He would take Shana to the gun range to teach her how to be safe around the guns. And this was something he did with the people in his life. According to his ex-girlfriend, he took her to the gun range as well, which is smart. I think, you know, if you're going to have guns around them to prevent accidents with people who don't know how to use them, then I think it's smart that they know how to be safe around guns in that case. So in early October, Shana had sent a text to one of her friends that said, quote, when we go to the shooting range tonight, I want to turn around and shoot Ryan and play like it's an accident, end quote. So clearly, this was, this was not the first time that she had thought about hurting Ryan. So things did not get better. They only got worse. One day after receiving dozens of text messages from Shayna. Ryan was at his wit's end. He finally responded to her text and said, stop texting me. I'm not reading any of these. And I finally lost my patience with you. He claimed he was going to turn his phone off and padlock his doors so she couldn't contact him or get into his condo. He even mentioned one time that Shayna would not leave his condo. Like she refused to leave his condo and so he had to physically pick her up and put her outside now there was also a night when Ryan was forced to go and stay with his dad because Shayna showed up at his condo and refused to leave so he in later testimony from his dad he mentioned how that night he just heard Ryan's phone dinging all night from text messages going off from Shayna texting him just all night over and over and Ryan would go on to tell his cousin Carissa in text messages, quote, this is getting to restraining order level crazy. I'm not kidding. You need to talk to her. She sent me 75 texts in the last hour. She's shown up at my condo three times and refuses to leave each time, end quote. He had looked into getting a restraining order against Shana in the past, but there was certain criteria that he didn't meet. Um, I couldn't find out anything more about that. But this was all in the months leading up to the night of the event. Now, the night before the incident, Thursday, October 11th, 2012, Shayna and Ryan went over to his mom and stepdad's house for dinner, and they watched the vice presidential debate. Ryan was really interested in politics, and this was something that they wanted to do that night. But that night, he pulled his stepdad aside, and he made it clear to him that he was going to break it off. For real, with Shayna, because he was looking forward to his upcoming date, and he was ready to break it off with, off with her for good. That night, Shayna stayed over at Ryan's house. Early in the morning, she wanted him to take her to urgent care because she was having pain in her chest and arm. According to Shayna's testimony, Ryan gave her a Xanax and said he thought she would be okay. And later in the day, which was the 12th, the night of the event, but earlier that day, she was texting Ryan, telling him that she was going to go to the hospital with her mom and she was going to get on medication. But meanwhile, she was out shopping with her mom at Dillard's. They had gone to the mall and went to eat at Bob Evans. And at the same time, she was searching on her phone for symptoms of hypertension and what medications are prescribed for left ventricular hypertrophy. She never went to the doctor, though. Like, Shayna, what's up, girl? So Ryan had a blind date scheduled for the night of October 12, 2012, with a woman he met on Facebook. This was the former Miss Ohio, Audrey Bolte. They were supposed to meet at a bar for their date now initially they were going to meet at ryan's condo but then at the last second they changed the meeting location which is interesting to think about what may have happened if they had met at ryan's condo just knowing what ended up happening that night so ryan had told Shayna that he was not going to be spending time with her that night but course, she was at his condo when, she, when he got home from work that night, and the theory is that Shayna may have caught on to the fact that he had a date scheduled for that night with Audrey, and later on it was shown that Shayna had Googled Audrey's information a few times before that night, so she definitely knew that something was up. Then at 8.54 p.m., a 911 call comes in. In the call, you can hear Shana say, quote, ma'am, I just killed my boyfriend in self-defense, end quote. She then starts crying and saying that she just killed Ryan in self-defense because he was beating her. She claims that he threw her into the couch and around the apartment, and then he, she shot him in self-defense. The operator then asked if she had any injuries, and Shana replied, quote, no, I'm not injured, he threw me into the couch, but I'm not injured, end quote. So the operator is kind of confused, and she says, So you? he threw you around the apartment but you're, or the condo, but you're not injured? And Shana confirms that she's not injured. She said that he threw her across the room when she ran back into the condo to grab her things, and then she shot him. She then said that she realized he was still alive, so she shot him again a few more times so that he would stop making noises because she knew he was going to die anyway. You can hear the operator ask her, quote, so you knew he was going to die anyways, so you shot him again instead of calling 911, end quote. And she responded, yes, I did kill him, but he was going to die anyway, end quote. It would later come out that Shayna waited 10 to 15 minutes after the shooting to call 911. She had called her mom after shooting Ryan and her mom was the one who convinced her to call 911. When the police arrived, Shayna had placed the gun down on the table, they had her come out of the house with her hands up and she was taken to the Highland Heights police station for questioning. So when they get to the station, she was read her Miranda rights, to which she immediately responds by requesting a lawyer. Okay, that's it. Someone asks for a lawyer, that's it. You stop talking. But Shayna did not wait for a lawyer to arrive. She just started talking, and talking and talking and talking. She was rambling for so long in the interrogation room that three separate officers had to come in and sit with her while she would talk because she just kept going. They weren't asking her any questions. She was just letting it all out for about three hours. She was talking about how Ryan was abusive to her and he was saying degrading things to her like he hates her. He hates her Eastern Kentucky accent and her family and all of this stuff. She told the police a different story than what she had told the 911 operator, claiming first that she had wrestled the gun away from Poston, but then after that, she said that she'd picked it up off the table and then shot him. She said, quote, I think that's when I shot him in the head. I shot him probably six times, shot him in the head. He fell onto the ground. He was twitching some more. I shot him a couple more times to make sure that he was dead because I didn't want to watch him die. End quote. She also went on to say, quote, I knew he was going to die or have a completely deformed face. He's very vain and wants to get a nose job. Just that kind of person he is. And I shot him right there. I gave him his nose job that he wanted. And then she laughed and it was really gross. She would go on to talk about how Ryan wanted her dentist to do um, her dentist friend. She had a friend who was a dentist, and I'm not really sure how close to friends they were. It didn't seem like they were really friends, but Shayna thought they were besties. So she went on to talk about how Ryan wanted that dentist to do his veneers. And Shayna said that she wanted her to mess him up so that they didn't look good, and Ryan wouldn't have anyone who wanted him because of that. She then said through laughter, quote, I don't know if anyone will ever want to marry me if they know that I killed a boyfriend in self-defense. It's not funny, but, end quote. Yeah, Shayna, it's not funny. You're right. <laughs> the weird behavior didn't stop when they left the interrogation room. She was seen on camera dancing and pirouetting. She was singing Amazing Grace and... She even was humming, and one of the officers came in to bring her a glass of water. And she stops in the middle of it and says, thank you. And then, like, keeps humming, just like it's a normal day. She's then seen in another clip saying, like, snapping her fingers and saying, I did it. Yep, I did it. And then she says, I can't believe I just did that. And... Then I got full body chills, you guys. This does not seem like the behavior of someone who just murdered the person they loved out of self-defense. She was behaving really, really weird. It was like a casual day for her. So she was arrested on the charge of murder, and she was held on a $5 million bond. She was held in jail until trial because she was allegedly a flight risk and she also couldn't make the bail. So she pled not guilty on January 16th, 2013. The murder trial began on April 13th, 2015. The prosecutor in the case was Michelle Snodgrass and the defense attorney was David Mejia. The prosecutor would go on to claim that Sheena found out about the date with Miss Ohio and killed Ryan in a rage. They would say that the premeditation in the case was the split second that it took for Sheena to turn the safety off and say, Yep, I'm going to do this right now. It was just that split second that it took. The defense described the situation as a kill or be killed situation because she was being abused. She did what she had to do, and that was that. And they kind of, like, were just ignoring the interrogation tapes. Like, don't think about that. That's not important. Her crazy behavior in there was not important. So Shayna did not take the stand in her own defense, which is probably for the best, considering how those tapes went. Ryan had a neighbor named Nikki karnis who Shayna became friends with. Shayna would go on to tell Nikki about how Ryan would play mind games with her and he was emotionally abusive. Nikki claimed that Shayna did everything for Ryan and Ryan took advantage of her. She said that Shayna showed up one day with marks on her arm and told her that Ryan had thrown her around the condo. But it is said that that may have been the one time that he had to physically pick her up and put her outside the condo because she wouldn't leave. Nikki did say that she would hear them arguing a lot in the past, but the night of the murder, she didn't hear them arguing. She only heard the gunshots. And other neighbors would confirm that as well by saying that they didn't hear any arguing that night either. They only heard the gunshots. So the jury deliberated for five hours before returning a guilty verdict in the state of Kentucky, the jury also recommends the sentence. So the defense attorney recommended 20 years, and the prosecutor asked for life. Shana was eventually sentenced to 40 years with the possibility of parole after 34 years. Now, after the sen- at the sentencing hearing, if the defense could prove domestic abuse, Shana would only be required to serve 20% of her term so they tried really hard. Shayna would say that she moved into the condo at at some point and they tried really hard, but if she never moved in there it was a lie. Like she didn't move in there, they didn't live together, so this this domestic abuse theory could not be used in this case and the judge would not allow it. So Shayna appealed her conviction. And her appeal was actually granted on August 25th, 2016, overturning her conviction on the basis that one of her jurors concealed a felony conviction. Kentucky law prohibits convicted felons from serving on juries, so she was granted a new trial. Huber's new trial was delayed for four months to January 16th, 2018, and her new out-of-state attorney asked for and was granted a six-month delay to allow him time to prepare for the retrial. So her second trial began on August 8, 2018. During the second trial, Shana was diagnosed with bipolar disorder by a psychologist for the defense. Her legal team stuck to the theory that Ryan was an abusive boyfriend and that this was self-defense. They described Shana as a battered woman and claimed that she had no other choice but to defend herself in that situation. Shana would go on to discuss how she had been previously sexually abused, and this led to issues with her intimacy with Ryan. The prosecution disagreed that Shana was an abused woman, and she, they argued that she was an obsessive girlfriend who just couldn't let it go. She would text him up to 100 times per day. She would drive over 80 miles just to get into his house when he wouldn't respond to her. It was even mentioned that the night of the murder, she had broken into the bedroom after Ryan locked himself in there. She had googled how to unlock a door with a bobby pin, and she was doing her best to get in there with Ryan. So if she were being abused, you would think that The behavior would be the opposite. She would be trying to get away from him at all costs. Of course, you know, abuse comes in all forms, and we don't really know what happens behind closed doors. However, it seems really strange that there was no other evidence that he was abusing her at all. Everyone who knew him described him as kind, caring, loving. There was nothing that pointed to abuse on the part of Ryan in this situation. The prosecution described how photos of Miss Miss Ohio Audrey Bolte were found in a deleted section of Shana's phone. The defense claimed that these photos may have been pushed to her phone data from Facebook because she had been looking her up. Like, obviously. During the trial, there were also texts presented that proved that Shana was seeing other people at the time as well. There Ryan had been sent photos of Shana and another man in Lexington when she was supposed to be in Indianapolis. In one of the texts, he said to her, quote, you need a lot more validation and affection from men than I can give, end quote. Among those who testified in the second trial was medical examiner Gregory Wang- Winger, who conducted Ryan's autopsy. He said that he was shot six times, including in the head, chest, and back. Now, after five hours of deliberation, a jury found Shana again guilty of murder. She was sentenced to life imprisonment this time with the possibility of parole in 2032 after 17 years. Now, on the TV special, Cellmate Secrets, regarding the case, two inmates are interviewed and their names are Holly and Cecily. They knew Shayna from prison. Holly was her bunkmate. And she claims that it seemed like uh, that Shana just really wanted a friend and she seemed outgoing. Shana quickly opened up to Holly and started talking about the case. Holly claimed that Shana told her that she would record Ryan while he was sleeping and she would watch them over and over. When they were in prison, Jody Arias's case was going on at the same time, and Shana would obsess over it. She would write down all the details about the case and compare herself and the case to Jody Arias and her case. Holly described a time in, when they were in prison when Shana was on the phone with her mom and she was crying. And then she looked over at Holly and winked at her. Like, what a... What? And that gave me chills. Holly said that Shayna described to her the night of the incident and said that Ryan put the gun on the table and Shayna picked it up and said, quote, what would you do if I shot you right now? End quote. When he told her to put the gun down and stop playing around, she just shot him. He fell out of the chair and she walked around the table and shot him again for a total of six shots. Holly and Cecily would... Describe how Shayna showed absolutely no remorse for the killing, and they claim that it even seemed like she was happy that Ryan was dead. Shayna ultimately married a transgender woman named Unique Taylor in prison in 2018. She did an interview at the time to discuss the marriage and basically just get attention. That's all she wanted. The couple ultimately divorced in 2019. And as of today, she's still incarcerated at Kentucky Correctional Institute for Women in Pee Wee Valley, Kentucky, and she'll be up for parole in 2032 on September 11th, 2032. So let's hope they don't give her parole. She is exactly where she belongs. Ryan's father said in a quote during the sentencing phase of the trial that, quote, his goodness literally got him killed. His kindness got him killed. She took advantage of his kindness, end quote. One of the sisters had a test teddy bear with a voice recording of his voicemail as evidence of the only thing that they have left of him, and she played it in court. I'm going to leave you with a portion of the victim impact statement from Ryan's family, because this is what matters in this story. This is the most important part of the story. Ryan, he didn't deserve what happened to him. He was needlessly murdered. And this is what his family said the son, brother, friend we have lost, the castles Ryan would have built on this earth with the bounty of gifts bestowed on him, we will never know. Evil for reasons only evil knows took it upon herself to steal from us and the world that which she could never possess. We take comfort as best we can in believing our Ryan, our beautiful, brilliant, kind-hearted Ryan is waiting for us in God's castle in the air, end quote. And that is the story of the murder of Ryan Poston. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of The Haunted Corner. The sources for today's episode will be listed in the show notes and also on the blog post for the episode at www.thehauntedcorner.com. Check out the other episodes of The Haunted Corner available now wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. For early access to a ne- an episode from next week, please visit patreon.com slash Corner and join at the $5 per month level. You'll have access to an upcoming episode one week early, Patreon-exclusive content, an exclusive The Haunted Corner sticker, and a lot more. Follow us on social media at The Haunted Corner on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. If you have a case suggestion or correction, please send it to thehauntedcorner at gmail.com or submit it through the website. Until next time, be kind and take care of yourselves and each other, and we'll see you in the next episode. Bye.